What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 35 of the Lukewarm Games Podcast, your weekly source for unique perspectives on all things video games and pop culture. I am your host, Luke Lewis, and this week I am joined by the Animal Crossing aficionado, hey, hey. Claire Helmberger. <laughs> What's up, everybody? How's it going? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. My new thing is I'm going to change your moniker and nickname every week. And I'm, I'm just going to come up with a new one, and you're going to see what happens. And I'm just not going to know what it is until you well, tell me that. I think eventually, when we hit one that's like, it feels right, and you think it, you like it, we'll stick with it. Okay. But we're, we're in a trial period of trying out different ones. I think there's got to be some alliteration. That's just what I'll say. That's just my, that's just my two cents for right I now. I feel like aficionado and animal... You got your A's going. There's a little bit of an aw, assonance. animal. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know. That's a bit of a stretch, but I'm trying. All right. That was this week's. Fair enough. Anyway. I like it. It's been a, a week of events yes. and things. I just started a new job, so I've been busy. Very exciting. Yeah, it's been fun. Not a lot of time for playing video games as much as I would like, yeah. but it's been good. A lot of video game news this week in Indeed. particular, which is what we'll be getting into today. Um, but yeah, so shall we get into things? Yeah. Let's start with our weekly news segment, We've Got the News, where we break down exciting news topics that happened this week in gaming. So we'll kick things off with Sony's latest state of play took place this week, and they made a bunch of announcements, put out some release dates, we saw some cool trailers, lots of different things. I don't want to go through each announcement because I think, overall, I think we would both say pretty solid showing, but nothing like knocked our socks off right so just or well nothing new knocked our socks off i guess is more what i say just exciting updates about things you were already looking forward to so i've already talked about um why don't we each just go back and forth and highlight a couple things that were really striking to us what was um an exciting moment for you um i was really excited to see more of kenna bridge of spirits or is it so good um it does it i just i lit up i think it's kenna is it Kenna? Okay. That's what I would assume, but... It looks awesome. It does. Yeah. I, like, I lit up the the very first moment of the trailer, and I was just smiling the whole time. It looks It was so cool to see so fun. much gameplay, yeah. too. And just, like, it looks like the combat has a lot more, like, variety yeah. than I would have ne- maybe thought. Like, it kind of looked like a character action title upon first glance, but there's definitely some, like, puzzle solving and exploration and, um, you know some dodging and parrying and whatnot um i really like the enemy designs and like the creature yeah. designs were really cool looking for sure it gives me um kind of breath of the wild vibes but i i heard blessing at a from kind of funny mention this and i agreed with it but he threw out tack and the great juju challenge yeah the you did mention that nickelodeon game from yeah, back in the day um just has a cool cartoon vibe, but I love yeah. the art style, Me and too. I'm really excited for this game. I was a little bummed to see the August release date, just because they had originally said, like, launch win. This was originally supposed to be a launch title, mm-hmm. and then it got pushed, which took all the time you need. No worries there, but I was kind of hoping we'd get it in, like, the April-May zone but we do have a lot of games coming out in that area so it's not like we need games then but it does make me think that horizon is further off than we think with ratchet and clank being june kenna being august now i would say if i were to make a bet i would say horizon is maybe like january or at the earliest i would i just i tend to historically playstation hasn't really given a crap about fall releases mm, okay. outside of like launch lineups the last time i think they had a big game come out in the like november time was i think uncharted 3 which came out like the week before skyrim and that game did not sell that well i mean it sold well respectively but like in comparison to skyrim and batman and things right. that were coming out also in the fall they tend to let their third party partnerships carry through the fall and then have their first party titles come out when there's nothing really else around to steal the show like they get center stage yeah so i have to imagine i'm guessing like a january february time frame for horizon but that also is assuming god of war gets pushed and that gets into a whole nother bag of worms i think i've already made that um, we've talked that about that quite a bit on the show um one of my highlights that i wanted to talk about from the state of play showcase was um the DLC for Final Fantasy VII Remake, right. um, cool. Intergrade, 
did not expect to see like fully fleshed out DLC for mm-hmm. the game. I the, they haven't traditionally done that with the last couple mainline Final Fantasy games. Um, but I'm really excited to get some new character perspectives and to kind of flesh out some of the story in yeah. that game. Um, what did you think of that one? I'm I was super excited to see um, the and the side by side comparisons of the PS5 upgrade as well. Yeah, the graphical up grade two was pretty significant yeah definitely and Um, which is free if you own the playstation 4 version which is cool yeah so i'm excited to watch you play through that dlc i'll probably watch you play through the whole thing like i watched you play through pretty much the whole actual game right Um, and i might go back into playing the game myself too just to check out some of those updated graphics i want to know if they updated the npc mouths that's what i (laughs) I mentioned yeah on kind of funny stream andy cortez kept mentioning doors like <laughs> do, do, opening door animations um yeah i visually i i didn't see a huge difference but i already thought the game was pretty visually yeah, impressive pretty. in terms of like the cinematics and stuff um but yeah i'm excited to check it out i never thought i would be someone who's like oh my gosh final fantasy dlc heck yeah just because i've never historically been into that series but after really getting into seven remake super excited for more um that was funny you made a joke during while we were watching it you were like i can't believe i'm actually hyped for a final fantasy announcement (laughs) yeah well and i said the same thing when they announced final fantasy 16 at the september event when they did kind of the more deep dive on a lot of playstation 5 titles um but yeah i i'm stoked it's cool i'm very excited to check out more from that series um definitely and it, it seems like it was very unexpected to like mainline Final Fantasy fans just that we're getting this little story interlude. I wonder how long it'll be. I'm kind of imagining somewhere in the like four to six hours, but maybe it being an RPG, it'll be closer to that like eight to 10, just depending on how you like grind levels and things like that. Um, How complete you are trying to be, how thorough maybe. Another notable appearance at the state of play was um, Housemarque's Returnal. Mm -hmm. Um, What did you make of this trailer? I was interested to see more of the gameplay that we've seen up until this point mm-hmm. um, and the like enemies that you're fighting and a little bit more of what you are going to be you know, doing in this For sure. time loop. Um, so yeah, I think it made me like a little more excited to play the game, but I wasn't like not excited to play the game in the first place. So it didn't really change my hype level all that much. How about you? I was excited to get a little more story set up mm, um, just because gameplay wise, I felt like I understood what the game was like you're you're starting the day over each time you die and it has that signature house mark, like really flashy action. Yeah. Colorful. That was cool. Animations and things like that's what they're known for in traditionally like their twin stick arcade mm-hmm. shooter type games. But I was interested to see like this like serious story they're telling and introducing the main character. And towards the end of the trailer, we see it go into first person Mm -hmm. as you're going into this house. It kind of gave me like control or fringe vibes. Um, I'm not sure how the first person sections will play. Um, Once again, referencing on kind of funny stream, they were talking about how usually in traditional third person games when they have like a you go to first person for this story section it kind of pulls you out of it and can feel disjointed so i worry about that but visually i thought the game looks very impressive and i'm glad they're they did delay it indefinitely and they're taking a little bit more time Uh with it just to finesse it because i do think housemark is a really talented studio and I'm interested to see what this end product looks like, but I was interested to see more of the game and I definitely was more sold on the game than I think I've been in the past. Yeah. Is what I would say. Um, I am really intrigued by the story and the character and like, it seems like it's going to be a deep dive into her psyche as well, which I think is probably what they're trying to accomplish with the first person, third person mm -hmm. juxtaposition. So I'm excited to, I'm excited to check out this game. I I was the first couple of things we saw about it too. So, yeah, definitely. Um, one that we haven't touched on, I wanted to talk about um, a kind of a surpri- surprise sleeper hit for me of the state of play that was probably, in terms of like something I didn't know was going to be there, mm-hmm. the most hyped I was for something. Um, this is called Sifu, developed by Slow Cap. They're Slow Clap. I'm sorry, they're the developers of Absolver, but it's this really cool action title. Um, where you're using like mixed martial arts and it has this incredible like comic book art style 
and there's like lighting and color saturation that reminds me of John Wick. Um, it just looks really sweet. Um, what did you think of this one? I thought it looked really cool too. I like you mentioned the art, the art style, and the John Wick vibes. I definitely felt those things as well. So I am also. I think I'm hyped on the same level as you are. Just to know more about yeah. this game and check it out. And I didn't mention the like unique narrative and gameplay twist that they have, where every time your character dies, um, they get progressively older. Oh, I didn't. So if you watch in the trailer, like the guy starts out as younger and then like he gets older and his beard grows out. And like by the end, he has like gray in his hair and stuff. And like it's presumed like gains more experience and kind of like a roguelike kind of way Um, that hasn't been totally confirmed, like in terms of like the progression of it. But Mm -hmm. visually, it's incredibly striking. And from a gameplay perspective, it looks really fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, Do 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 do. I'm just running through. Um, I'm looking at a run through of the announcements from Adam Bankhurst from IGN. Um, oh, I wanted to pull up this one too because this was one I know Claire you thought looked really cool yeah. from the developers of Hyperlight Drifter, Heart Machine, Solar Ash. Um, what did you think of this announcement? Um, I well, think we not announcement, seen, but yeah, this new trailer. I guess before. this trailer got me really hyped about the traversal mechanics. Um, mm-hmm. It. The, like, pulling yourself from point A to point B reminded me a lot of my favorite aspects of Journey to Savage Planet's um, platforming. So yeah. I am I am super excited for this game now. I was like, oh, that looks cool before, but now I'm like, give it to me. And yeah, it's the, coming out in 2020, suppo- 2021, supposedly. So yeah. that's exciting. I think it looks really cool. It's coming to both PlayStation 4 and 5. Um, it kind of reminded me, I haven't played it yet, but The Pathless, mm-hmm. the launch title from Giant Squid yeah, on I PS5. Just very, like, colorful and particularly in, like, the traversal mechanic Mm -hmm. as you're, like, gliding across the landscape and kind of gaining momentum and jumping and platforming. And there's elements of puzzle solving and combat. Like, it just looks really cool. It does. Um, I think the the combat looks really cool and the, like, the way that the character seems to be skating on the surface uh, as you platform just looks, like, really satisfying. Definitely. It feels really satisfying. And the soundtrack, too, is Mm -hmm. really cool, which was one of my favorite parts of the previous game, Hyperlight Drifter. Um, Really cool kind of ambient soundtrack that really fit the tone of the game well. So I think they're continuing that trend going into their latest title. Super psyched. um, We also saw... I think this is the last one for me, and then I'll throw it back to you if you have any other ones you want to talk about. But the um, the Death Loop trailer, yeah, um, very like James Bond esque cool. with this like music number set to it. Um, I think honestly, this was the most I've sold I've been on the game. Mm-hmm. Not that uh-huh. I needed to be sold more on the game, but as a huge fan of Arcane, um, the style hadn't exactly like clicked with me. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like I was like, I'm definitely gonna play it. But nothing I was seeing was, like, blowing me away. Yeah. But the quick cuts and pacing of this trailer showing the different means of traversal and, like, the quick kills and the jumping around yeah. and, like, the cinematic moments um, just looks so awesome. And coming off of a game like Hitman 3 recently mm-hmm. with stealth <laughs> and unique ways to, like, choose your own path and, like, do what you want to do to move and progress throughout the levels... Um, I'm super excited for this game, and I cannot yeah. wait until it comes out in May. Me neither. I think the most hyped I was for Deathloop was, I think, the second trailer. So a while ago. Was that the game? The last one, they did the like extended gameplay demo where no, they showed like, the walkthrough the level. About. That was the one that I was like, this looks really cool, but it's not like getting me more excited i'm just like the same level of excitement if that makes sense i think i was the same level excitement too when i saw that one but i was already above you so when this james Bond trailer came out and you were like oh this looks so cool i'm like i know right (laughs) like i've been (laughs) i want to clarify too because when i say i wasn't like it didn't move the needle for me the needle is already extremely high for me as a huge fan of dishonored like just it being an arcane game i'm gonna play it day one regardless but it just hadn't like made me like invested in like this universe no for sure yeah um but these recent this recent trailer definitely did yeah no it looks really cool and it, i yeah i'm excited for it too um do you have anything else from the state of play you want to touch on nope i think we touched We're on not big the two into big five ones nights for at me. freddy's yeah <laughs> i will say um knockout city the multiplayer dodgeball game it looks fun mm-hmm. i think it would be yeah. might be a fun one to jump into um we also didn't touch on the crash bandicoot 4 it's about time ps5 version mm-hmm. Super excited to have those enhancements. Um, 
definitely one of my favorite games of last year that I would be down to jump back into. Um, yeah, I think those are the big ones. We didn't talk yeah. about Oddworld, but I think for the people that are excited about Oddworld, it got a release date now, coming in March. Very exciting. So yeah. is it coming in March? I want to double check myself on that. <laughs> I it's, don't remember. It's March or April. Mar- April 6th. April I'm 6th. sorry. So almost I March. I corrected. Anyway, <laughs> it's coming very soon, and it's yeah. been long just eating. I might check that one out, but we. Ju- I feel like we keep seeing the same, same gameplay. Yeah. Like, it looks cool, but it just... Once again, doesn't really move the needle for me. And I think that was kind of the the theme of this state of play. A lot of interesting announcements, a lot of good updates on things that I was excited about, but no giant surprises. People were like, we're going to get Siphon Filter. We're going to get God of War. I'm like, I don't think that's what this is. I think it's a smaller yeah. thing. Like, But I definitely think this was a strong state of play overall. Yeah, for me, it was like, I'm already excited about all these things. And it's just reminding me that I'm excited about them. Definitely. Yeah. Shall we move on to the Pokemon presentation? Let's do it. So this was quite a thing to wake up to yesterday. Um, While you were working, I had the morning off. So I was watching all these trailers and then we watched a bunch of them together. But man, I'm excited. It's, 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 It's really fun to be excited about Pokemon again. And I felt like the last couple entries, whether it be Sword and Shield and Let's Go, albeit fun, but didn't like innovate as much as I would have liked Mm -hmm. um felt kind of stagnant and I kind of felt like I was getting to a point with Pokemon where it's like oh maybe I am too old you know what I (laughs) maybe maybe it's not like that but just like maybe these aren't for me anymore you know what I mean like everybody's younger kids are finding Pokemon for the first time and having the experiences that I had as a kid and like maybe it's just I've grown out of it a little bit but Nintendo is crushing it right now and yeah. Game Freak with these announcements. Um, first up, we have... Um, well, first up, they started with this huge nostalgia trip montage of like the history of Pokemon, which totally got me. It yeah. was awesome. <laughs> um, but the most exciting announcement um, before the closing announcement that we'll talk about was the announcement of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl remakes, um, which Pokemon Diamond and Pearl was one of my favorite entries um, that was the first one I had on the N- Nintendo DS. Mm-hmm. Um, I played the crap out of this game. <laughs> I I think this is like, besides like the original generation Pokemon, these are the Pokemon that I know the best. Mm-hmm. Chimchar was my main. We went all the way. Infernape. <laughs> love them. Um, and I love the art style that they're going with for yeah. this remake. Kind of reminds me of Link's Awakening remake that Nintendo mm-hmm. did back in 2019. Just really capitalizing on that top-down art style, but with this cool like 2.5D diorama mm-hmm. um, l- look to it. What what did you make of this one? Um, I think this is this is a cool announcement for me because I did not. Um, Mm -hmm. really have any experience with this game other than I remember when the trailers were happening on TV um, because I didn't have um, a system. You didn't have the the DS. Yeah, I didn't have the DS. But you played a lot of Pokemon on like Game Boy, didn't you? Um, I actually never played Pokemon on Game Boy. I had a lot of friends who played Pokemon. So it was like, I watch you over your shoulder. We played like the card game and stuff. My brothers were into the show. So I had a lot of like secondhand exposure. But by the time. And you and I got super into Pokemon Go. Right. That was was my first actual experience like playing a Pokemon game. And we got Let's Go on the Switch. Um, But when this game came out at that point, I was no longer close with the people who played Pokemon when I was growing up. So So I have no experience with this game. So I'm excited to dive in for the first time. I think it'll be cool because now that you have your Switch Lite and I have our original (laughs) Switch, um, I think this would be a super fun to get both. I'll get Diamond because that was my original one. Mm -hmm. And then you play Pearl and we can like trade back and forth and do all that. Have that shared experience because I think that'd be really fun. Definitely. Um, But yeah, super excited for that one. And then the big announcement that everyone's losing their minds at is this breathtaking trailer, open world Pokemon titled Pokemon Legends Arceus? I'm saying Arceus. You said... I thought it was Arceus. Arceus. Either way, Pokemon Legends announced for early 2022. This trailer is everything I've ever wanted in a Pokemon (laughs) game. It gives me huge Breath of the Wild vibes. Um, It looks really cool. What did you make of this trailer? I... This was awesome. (laughs) 
totally caught me off guard too because it was one of those things where like we got the pokemon diamond trailer and i was like cool yeah that looks great that that was the big announcement for today and then they threw out like this game that like i I don't remember i think it was like two years ago where someone did a mod where it was link from breath of the wild but he looked like ash Mm -hmm. and pokemon and just running around and how cool it looked and how much that's the type of experience i want from pokemon and the fact that they're even like resembling that we're we'll still have to see more of the game to see if it really like is that opened or is that like exploration based how Mm -hmm. that'll actually play out but just the possibility of that i think is really really exciting for the future of the series yeah absolutely um and back to my earlier point when i was saying that i thought maybe i had grown out of pokemon these are the moves that i hope nintendo and game freak continue to make because yeah i think that's how they're gonna get older gamers like us back in it rather than kind of stagnating with these samey releases like the let's go series yeah not that those can't be innovative too and nostalgic in its own way but just a different experience yeah for sure let's go ahead and move on to our title track main topic this week we are discussing the past present and future of vr particularly stemming from the recent announcement from PlayStation regarding Mm -hmm. the future of PlayStation VR. Um, To kick off our discussion, I'm going to read a quick statement from Hideaki Nishino, Senior Vice President of Platform Planning and Management at PlayStation. It reads, More than four years ago, we launched PlayStation VR to offer a transformative new way to play games on PlayStation 4, providing a much stronger sense of presence and deeper immersion to players compared with traditional games in that time we've seen tremendous experiences that have propelled virtual reality gaming forward including highly anticipated titles like astrobot rescue mission tetris effect blood and truth moss beat saber and resident evil 7 biohazard we've also enhanced the experience for some psvr titles when played on ps4 pro and playstation 5 Today, I am pleased to share that our next-generation VR system will be coming to PlayStation 5, enabling the ultimate entertainment experience with dramatic leaps in performance and interactivity. Players will feel an even greater sense of presence and become even more immersed in their game worlds once they put on the new headset. We are continuing to innovate with our new VR system so that our fans can continue to enjoy the unique experiences that are synonymous with PlayStation. We are taking what we've learned since launching PSVR on PS4 to develop a next-gen VR system that enhances everything from resolution and field of view to tracking and input. It will connect to PS5 with a single cord to simplify setup and improve ease of use while enabling a high-fidelity visual experience. One of the innovations we're excited about is our new VR controller, which will incorporate some of the key features found in the DualSense wireless controller, along with a focus on great ergonomics. That's just one of the examples of future-proof technology we're developing to match our vision for a whole new generation of VR games and experiences. Um, He goes on to say more about the future of VR, but that Mm kind of highlights the bulk of the announcements. Um, What were your key takeaways from this announcement? Um, I think my number one takeaway is that they are incorporating the haptic feedback from the dual sense of the ps5 into their controllers and also like they said making it more ergonomic for sure um i think that that haptic feedback is so much more immersive (laughs) than the dualshock 4 on just like plain old ps5 um having that um be adapted for the vr system i think is going to be really cool i have high hopes yeah i agree i think just the immersion that playing with a dual sense um, on a TV adds right. I think is really striking with the adaptive triggers and whatnot. I'll be interested to see because the base PS VR on PS4 utilized the move wand mm-hmm. controllers originally developed for PS3. They just repurposed them right. to be <laughs> motion controllers. I um, mean, they're pretty solid motion controllers in terms of like accuracy, but I'm curious if they will utilize that same te- technology while also adding haptic feedback. Um, I'm sure there'll be situations too where you'll wear the headset, but then you'll play with the dual sense mm-hmm. in addition to that. So I'll be curious to see like what amalgamation of these different technologies they use in this new hardware. Right. Um, I also wanted to give listeners a little context for like what our experience with VR and specifically PlayStation VR has mm-hmm. been. Um, so we have never owned a VR unit, but we did get a chance to demo 
PlayStation VR at PAX several years ago. It was an early demo of what would later become Blood and Truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to mess around with that, play the demo where you, you're climbing ladders, you're taking cover, you're shooting weapons, you're reloading your guns. Um, and we were, I think we were both very impressed with the game. I particularly was really um, blown away with just the ability to change the camera in the game where you could look around a corner yeah. or um, peek up from cover or just little things like that that added to the immersion factor. What did you think of your short experience playing with VR? I thought that, um, I think the number one thing that surprised me is that it was more intuitive than I thought it was going to yeah. be. It um, was like, how do you throw a grenade? How do you climb a ladder normally? Because I was like, where's the climb button? It was like, well, you have to grab it climb with it your and hand. Grab it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was really cool. I think the other takeaway for me, which is like not a comment on the system, but more for me is like, I would not be able to play this on my own without being actually spotted by someone because I got so disoriented with a headset on. Yeah, I got a little um, dizzy when I was playing it and I like stumbled just a little bit and the guy was like, okay, you're done. And granted my like Your demo- turn was over. Yeah, <laughs> but it was still, the timing of it was funny because I was like, oh, he thinks I'm like going to faint or something, but- It was just a coincidence. Well, and yeah. I imagine when you're demoing at and you have hundreds sure of people, people like do, you yeah. have to be watchful of that kind of thing because yeah. that can definitely happen but um yeah i was really blown away by that experience and obviously vr came out while we were in college so money wise it really wasn't a thing that right. we were gonna get especially in like our small dorm room setups and whatnot <laughs> like we didn't have enough room to play with a vr unit but um I think the price tag was probably the biggest like yeah. hindrance from us getting one. Um, and I think it still is not just for like college students, obviously, but because you have for to, more people. Yeah, you own the console and the VR unit on top of that. When you're talking, especially, I'm thinking about like families where yeah. it's like you're going to get one brand new system for Christmas. Like a VR headset is the price of a system, right? Or when we're talking about like Oculus Quest and things, it's the price of a laptop for some people. Like, yeah, not a high end gaming PC or anything, but you know what I mean. But like a computer for a young kid, like, yeah. Um, so it's tough to make those decisions. Like for adults who have a little more disposable income, like it's a bit different of a story. But I think that's why commercially VR VR has done well, but not like gangbusters. Super well, yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of my thing. When we look at what they're talking about with PS, what we presume will be called PSVR 2, mm-hmm. we don't have an official name, but the yeah. next generation of PlayStation VR, are you excited to jump in? Do you want one? Do you not want one because of the price? How do you feel? I'm interested to see what people say. Um, I don't think I'll be like first in line to get mm-hmm. it. Um, so I'll be interested. I think the the number one thing that I'll be my eye out is the games that they're going to have on it because... Um, the PSVR did have some titles that grabbed my attention, obviously. And obviously there were other VR titles that weren't on PSVR. And I think that's the, I mean, obviously not, this is not an original thought, but I think that that's the biggest weakness with the VR industry is that there are so many different systems with games on just that system. And whether it's Half-Life Alex, Alex, whether it's, yeah, that's kind of the biggest one. Um, and from what I've gathered from my research and following of the industry, it's more that PSVR has exclusives that aren't on all the other stuff, mm-hmm. but all the other stuff can play stuff that PSVR can't. can't. Yeah, so it's, so it's like you have to have Oculus and PSVR. And then I also know there have been a lot of hangups with people with PSVR because there's so many cords that you have to hook up to your system gotcha. and whatnot. Yeah. Whereas the Oculus Quest is fully wireless. So you can like stand in the middle of right. an empty room and play that. And that's been really appealing for people just because of the um, low commitment of like setting it up to use it yeah, and things like that. That's I, fair. I think about like how I bought over the summer Ring Fit Adventure on the Switch and I really like it and it's really fun. But in our one bedroom apartment, I have to like move the coffee table yeah. out of our living room to like clear a floor space for me to actually do it. Yeah. So I tend not to play it that much. And I think about when I think about VR, I think about the same thing of like, well, shit, where would I? Where would we do it? Where would I play Beat Saber and swing my hands yeah. around and not be worried about like hitting something and or yanking the PS Five off the shelf with the cord? That'd be yeah. my biggest fear. I know I think. a lot of people in like smaller setups have they 
tend to play VR like sitting down huh. in an office chair. Okay. So like they know where they that. are and if they need to rotate like 360 degrees around they're in their office chair and like they know uh, that their surroundings around them within arm's length is safe. Yeah. Which is kind of like it's a <laughs> this is like future weird first world problems to have when we're talking <laughs> about video gaming, but I think it's entertaining nonetheless. It, it is. It is for sure. Um, but from my perspective, I'm super excited at the prospect of PlayStation VR 2. And depending on the price, now that we're adults with a little bit more stable income and spending money, I'm definitely interested. Um, I'm more interested in PSVR, I would say, than the Quest and whatnot, just because we have a PS5 and not right. a super powerful gaming PC. Like, I have the machine to run it. And there is this backlog because initially I wasn't interested also just because there weren't that many games. Yeah. I'm not going to spend $400 just for a few games, but now that, you know, like the titles I listed off beat saber Tetris effect, even more Astro Astro bot, um, Iron Man VR, Mm -hmm. I think looks really cool from camouflage games. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously titles that are coming, um, in the future, I think could be really compelling. Um, in terms of like a game experience that you would want to have in VR, what's your what would be a selling point? Like I remember when they first announced Skyrim VR. Since you're such a big Skyrim fan, I was like, Claire, Skyrim VR, and you're like, that could be cool, but it didn't necessarily like motivate you to want to go out and buy one. Like, is there a game out there that would motivate or an experience that would motivate you to need a, a VR unit of some kind? I think that the experience. I would get from being fully immersed in a Skyrim um, type fantasy role playing. That is the experience I'm looking for. I think just at the time, what I had seen of VR was like where where it was in its evolution. Like it wouldn't be super immersive. Um, the technology wasn't, it wasn't quite, quite there. there, right? Um, so I'm looking for an experience like that, mm-hmm. but with the the technology to um, have it feel real. For sure. Which it seems like, um, with like what I've seen of Half-Life Alex, it seems like that's that's more there. closer yeah. to what you're hoping for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. And I've also been thinking about it from like an education standpoint, how cool it would be to have like a really capable VR unit in a classroom yeah. setting. And especially when we're, you know, distance learning right now and you're teaching from home, um, how cool would it be to like show your students like a concert? in vr where they could like stand in the crowd and like rotate around and like see the orchestra on stage or you know what i mean or like pan around and watch a musical yeah or or even play in an orchestra on a stage in vienna you know yeah or something like like that yeah yeah. i'm thinking about like google maps things of like they're standing in a pivotal location or something i don't know that could be kind of cool it would be yeah things like Um, that experience and i know there's some vr support for dreams which we were talking about on our interview we did with zach hartzman um about the educational implicate or educational abilities accessible within dreams right educational resources rather but Mm -hmm. like the music creation tools and things like that i think could be really interesting too in vr for sure um from an except also, sorry, I'm kind of rambling here, but <laughs> one more point. Um, from an accessibility standpoint, I think that could be really interesting, too, of yeah. students who maybe have motor functioning difficulties or things like that where controllers stop them from being able to enjoy games. I do think VR has a lot of capabilities in that realm. Yeah, for sure. Um, sorry, you were going to jump in and I kept going. <laughs> I don't remember what I was going to say, but I think it was covered, so it's fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, for sure, especially uh, depending on what they do with these new controllers, it seems like they, um, between, you know, their game developing studios, um, like the Last of Us studio, um, and just like actual Sony themselves seem to be doing a lot better about making it so you can like map your controls in a way that makes it accessible for you. Um, depending I on think your the needs. industry is getting better and better, yeah. but there's always more that, more can, that can be, be done. done. And especially like, have you seen the Microsoft adaptive controller that they made for the Xbox? I think I have. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Where it's like the bigger buttons and things like that. And they can like press yes, the yes. larger um, thumbsticks and things yeah. the way they've designed it. It's super cool. It is. Um, but yeah, things like that I think are incredible. Yeah, so I think if if they keep those same sorts of things in mind with the um, VR controllers, that it could For potentially sure. 
be that increased access, like you were saying. And in terms of experiences I want to have in VR, I keep thinking about like um, how like I enjoy racing games in like a casual yeah. setting, especially like Forza Horizon and things like that. But imagine playing like a Gran Turismo game and you have like the racing seat and gas pedal and steering wheel set up in your living room, but then you throw on your VR headset and you feel like you're behind the wheel. Like, yeah. The level of realistic simulations. Um, Does is market Microsoft Flight Simulator have VR support? I don't think so, but you can do all the crazy like flight sticks and like they have like Bluetooth pedals and like control panels and things you can set up on your desk to like give uh, you that like cockpit experience. But I don't think there's like a headset. Gotcha. That'd I, be cool. I do think that would be cool, um, especially if you can change the perspective like you were on the front of the plane and not flying. Oh, that you were like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nuts. Well, <laughs> sorry, I'm uh, going up. off of that, then imagine like a superhero game. Yeah. Like imagine like Superman and you're flying and you like see the wind and the like the. That's cool. So now we're just kind of brainstorming cool VR things. I think that's things, what I but... thought Iron Man VR was going to be kind of. I mean, it is to an extent. It's just like more about the combat and things like that and you're still like using a thumbstick to like move and like yeah vr titles are still at the stage where you like click to move to another location like playing star wars squadrons last year i remember being like i can tell this was a this is a vr forefront or vr first type experience because the way the character models are like talking to you on the screen is very much like in first person um, yeah, the cockpit is designed so that you can see like your character's hands and things like that as they're switching things and doing things like that. So um, I definitely do think there's cool applications and I'm excited to continue more. Another one we didn't touch on that I always thought looked really cool was there's um, a Batman Arkham game for PlayStation VR mm-hmm. where you get to the coolest part of the demos that they describe because it's a pretty short experience. But when I remember reading about it back in the day, but the coolest part of it that I thought sounded really interesting was you can walk around the Batcave as Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. and look at everything and just like read the plaques and read the files and like yeah. just walk around and take it in. And stuff like that I think is really interesting in VR, whether it's from a fictional perspective or a non-fictional perspective, like experiencing different stories and environments. Definitely. Absolutely. Ima- one more pitch. Okay. <laughs> Imagine playing Control and you're walking around and you're actually picking up the files and you're reading them in VR. Yeah, like, for sure. Just those little immersion factors. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very excited. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. Lots of good stuff. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about this PlayStation VR 2 announcement, I have two questions I think we should discuss. Number okay. one, how much is it going to cost? Yeah. And two, when is it going to come out? I'm actually... I want to know what you think about when it's going to come out. You're going to copy my answer. No, no I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm just curious. A hard time. It's all good. Um, so my gut reaction, price-wise, would be three ninety-nine mm-hmm. because that's the price point that the original PlayStation VR launched at. Um, that's currently the price of the discless PS5. I personally think it needs to be cheaper than the system itself mm-hmm. like i don't think it's fair to like price it at like 600 dollars, but then you can get a disc-based ps5 for 500 dollars. like i think it needs to be less mm-hmm. um i also see them down the road doing some sort of elaborate bundle where you get a ps5 and the headset together mm-hmm. for four eight hundred dollars or something you know what yeah. i mean seven hundred dollars or a black friday deal or something um I think they they need to make it as cheap as they can mm-hmm. just to get it into people's homes. Yeah. Because I think the more expensive they make it, there's still going to be that barrier of why would I buy that when I could get my kid a Series X so they could then play Game Pass stuff. Like yeah. in terms of getting bang for your buck, I just think they need to make it competitive. Yeah. And so that would sure. be my argument there. In terms of release dates, I don't think we see this thing until at least 2022 if not yeah. later, I would probably say like fall 2022 would make yeah. sense to me, like maybe October or something. So mm-hmm. they have it out for Black Friday yeah. for Christmas shopping. Um, yeah, I just think this blog post was way more of a like, 
It's happening. <laughs> it's a thing. Don't worry about it. If you're buying a PS5, know that it's coming. But if you're waiting for it, maybe don't hold your breath right yeah, the second. Yeah. Like, it's a ways out. Because I think they would have shown us they shown games. Us more, they would have yeah. shown us a trailer. They would have shown us what the controller actually looks like if all that stuff was, like, finalized. But yeah. I think we're just a ways out from that. Yeah. What it sounded to me in the the press release was, like, they have decided what direction they are taking their development in and what they want to focus on. Mm-hmm. And now they're starting to build it. And there are also games starting to be developed for it. And they want to get out ahead of it and not have developers be talking about doing the next VR for PlayStation. Everybody be like, oh my god, what's it going to look like? It's happening. Like, developing wild speculations and theories. Like, we know it's happening now. So no need to freak out when you hear about it on the internet. <laughs> we also didn't talk about this, but in this blog post, they detail that they're currently in the process of sending out dev kits yeah. for this new VR unit to developers. So most developers, maybe outside of first-party studios, don't even have access to be making games specifically for this yeah. new hardware, which I think is an important note in terms of like predicting the time frame. Yeah, for sure. So I think, I think 2022 or 2023. Um, I definitely think we get that. some like concrete news, and we like see it. Yeah. We maybe see some gameplay demos in 2022 for sure. Yeah. That's what I think. I think, though, that I am predicting it's going to be as expensive as the PS5. Interesting. Um, I am wondering if they're going to make a like more affordable scaled out option the way that they did for the PS5 and the mm-hmm. discless PS5. Um just to try to get it into homes or if they'll release it at that higher price but then drop it the year after or what have you um but i don't know i just have a feeling it's going to be more expensive because it sounds like they're trying to really step it up and make it a more um at like more advanced which means more expensive to make i think i don't know yep it the other thing that i didn't think about is i'm pretty sure that 399 um, there were different like bundles and SKUs at the time, but I don't know if those included the move wand like mm, controllers. Mm-hmm. I think you may have had to pick those up separately. separately. Um, and I know the last couple of years they've done some kind of crazier Black Friday deals where like for 250, you'd get like a couple games and the headset. But once again, I don't think controllers were included in that price. So there is a world I think where they could get it down in price, but I think there's less stuff included with it like yeah maybe they make a bundle where it's like just the headset and then there's one where it's the headset and the controllers and then there's one where there's a headset controllers and a couple games yeah or, you that's know what true. I mean? maybe there's point. like different SKUs and things like that um i think the cheapest they probably go is the 399 that i said and i think the m- most expensive they probably go is 600 I would say like it's between there, I would say, which then that actually makes sense, too, because when you're thinking about it, like when you get into the price of a PS5 and this VR unit, if we're talking like twelve hundred dollars, that's when we get into the realm of like, okay, you could almost buy a gaming PC of a decent caliber for these prices so that I don't think they can go higher than that threshold. I think they'll keep when when it comes time for bundles to happen, I think they'll keep it under a thousand unless you're getting unless they have like a really fancy bundle with extra stuff yeah because like gamestop always does the like when ps5 pre-orders went up they had one where it was like you can get four controllers and every launch game and all these features and it's nine hundred dollars and it's like okay who's buying that (laughs) (laughs) although we we probably spent a fair bit you know between all of our launch games and accessories and controllers but it was like over time you know it wasn't like Although it was within the first couple of weeks. I don't know. What? It wasn't that much <laughs> at the same time, I guess, yeah. in one purchase, I guess is what I meant. Yeah, for sure. Not that it matters. Do what you want with your money. but Yeah, I also think if this is coming out in 22 or 23, there are probably not going to be a whole lot of people who are buying it who don't already have a PlayStation 5. It's hard to say just because it, the demand is still there for these systems and they no, haven't yeah, been able sure. to produce them fast enough to get everyone to have one and granted scalpers kind of ruined the party for everybody but like but i'm just thinking like two years in the future yeah i i think i I definitely hope 
And it, I, I think it also depends on COVID too of like that's true. in a year from now, are we like living in a COVID free world and it's no longer an issue and production is back to normal and everything's being mass produced right, on a larger the scale? Like repercussions of this, which I think also affects the timeline of when this comes out. Sure. Because once again, Sony has been very transparent about their issues with having everyone work from home. Not in terms of they don't want that, but just in terms of like their productivity is down right. in comparison to how much they were able to get done before, which is kind of across the board in all industries. Definitely. Not just video game design and whatnot. Yeah. It's a tough time. But we're, we are chucking along, all of us. But exciting experiences ahead in Indeed. VR. And yeah. I'm excited to see as we get more information about this new PSVR unit. I'm really interested to see the controller. I'm really mm-hmm. interested to demo some of these experiences. I can't wait down the road when it's safe to go to a PAX or yeah. E3 again and to see these in the wild and try them out and try different demos and things like that. It'll be great. Yeah, that'll be so cool. I'm really looking forward to that too, now that you mention it. All right, let's move on to okay. our closing segment, Questions with Claire. All right, this week's question. So if you could bring one existing franchise to PlayStation VR, the new the new PlayStation VR, what would it be and why? Um, my go-to answer would be an adventure-style game, hmm. something similar to a Gone Home or a Firewatch or What Remains of Edith Finch. Something where there's not really like intensive combat or time-based gameplay, but rather you're exploring... Um, you're taking in a lot of environmental storytelling, picking up objects, examining objects, exploring an environment mm-hmm. um, at your own pace. I think it would lend itself really well. And I think there are some really cool things with perspective that you could do yeah, in true. a VR setting and in terms of like immersing yourself. I also think it would be a really nice style of game for VR because um, as someone that can get motion sick from VR experiences are a little dizzy sometimes. I think short experiences, especially a story-based game that maybe is one to two hours long, would be a nice finish it off in one sitting, Mm -hmm. take off the VR unit, take a break, rather than like playing like a super intensive first-person shooter game for hours on end, Yeah, a Call of Duty-esque experience. I want smaller, more intimate, more digestible experiences yeah. on vr that totally makes sense and I, I would totally agree with that i think that all those experiences would be really really cool on vr um and i too get a little bit motion sick um but i think that for me what, what would be really cool which is ironic given the motion sickness part and also the my fear of the ocean part um i think it would be so cool to play subnautica in vr Ooh, that'd be a cool one <laughs> just swimming around well, once again i think that one's like there's combat but like it's not super intensive. Right. And I think it's generally more based on the exploration. Yeah. That I think that'd be a really good I think pick. the, the movement, Visually, it'd be really striking, yeah, too. Yeah, the, the visuals is what I'm thinking of in the exploration. I think the movement would be tricky um, because you are swimming around. Like, I'm not sure how that would work I think with you the would, controls, but... Well, it, when you've used VR before, like, you would just have, like, your thumbstick and your right controller. Right. You're not, like, actually moving. You're just... I, I just think, think the I perspective would feel... Of it a little bit disoriented from the the different angles that's fair and stuff. i think um, every vr game one. i've ever tried has always been like okay i need like two minutes to like acclimate to what i'm doing right now and what i'm seeing sure. and then yeah. once you're in it you're, you're in, in it. it yeah i do definitely think if i'm playing vr on the regular despite the fact that they have accommodated vr headsets to fit glasses i definitely feel like i would want to have my contacts again yeah, that's true. That's Which I've kind of gone through phases of having and not wearing. Mm-hmm. But I think I would get an updated prescription of contacts so I could re- not have to worry about yeah. having glasses on. For sure. Um, do you have any other games that you... Game franchises? I think that's my biggest one. There have been a fair number of, like... I would have thrown out, like, an Elder Scrolls game, and that has yeah. happened. Kind of D- Doom VR has happened. Granted... Those ideas aren't necessarily necessarily experiences that I would want, but it's ones that I would like want to see if they work. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also think there's a lot of like pre-existing franchises that like it, it, there's there needs to kind of be a test kitchen of VR games of like this is what makes sense to be in VR and this is what doesn't. Right. Um, I think with games that have like sword-based combat and stuff, it's really cool when you can use the yeah. motion controls in VR. For me, like I get, I definitely get the appeal of shooters in VR. I just don't really like it personally. For sure. That's not something I'm looking for. 
Um, I do think I threw out Control earlier. I think a game like Control or Alan Wake would also be really cool. Though there is some combat-intensive moments in those games, I think they could design the combat if it was made from the ground up, like that style of game with environmental storytelling and you're finding audio recordings and you're exploring, but then you also have moments of combat. If they could find a way to make that work well in VR, akin to like the combat of like Blood and Truth or Super Hot, I think that could be really interesting too. But like a story... I want cool immersive stories in VR, yeah, I think is the, for sure. I think that's the, thing. the ha- my hammering home point <laughs> for the day. Do you have Fair any enough. other ones to add? Um, I was just thinking, I think there are a lot of really cool PlayStation titles that are third person titles, but um, if they were, you know, if adapted, they if they had like a DL- if DLC yeah, yeah. or something like you could play a VR game that is set in the Horizon Zero Dawn universe. Like, that would be really cool. Well, that makes me think of recently they did the big update for Hitman, where Mm -hmm. you can play all three games in VR. And that's traditionally a third-person game, but you're playing first-person when you're doing VR, which I think is really interesting. That would be really cool. That's one that I definitely want to mess with if we end up getting a PSVR down the road. I think it'd be really fun. I haven't heard a ton of impressions, so I don't know, like, how it runs gameplay-wise, but I have to imagine it's interesting. Um, Anyway... Claire, thank you so much for joining this week as always. Absolutely. Um, Listeners, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Some quick housekeeping items. Please subscribe to our show on your podcast platform of choice. We're now officially officially on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and more. Um, Follow Lukewarm Games on Twitter to get the latest updates on the show. If you enjoy our podcast, consider supporting our show on Patreon at patreon.com slash lukewarmgames for exclusive podcasts, a weekly blog written by yours truly, and much more. Um, Next week, Claire and I will be delving into our spoiler cast for season one of WandaVision. Mm -hmm. Now that it's coming to a close, um, we have a lot to say. It's been a really fun ride. If you haven't been watching WandaVision, I highly recommend jumping Mm -hmm. in and catching up so that you can join our discussion next week. Absolutely. Super fun. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also not looking forward to WandaVision being over, so that's where I'm at. But then it keeps going. I know, with I know. Falcon and the Winter Soldier <laughs> and Loki and What If and Miss Marvel and uh... For sure. Anyway. I'm psyched. <laughs> with that, have a fantastic week, listeners. Cheers and happy gaming.